Hey, welcome to this week's The Real Estate of Life with Kevin Riles. I'm back. 2020, new year, new you, new podcast, new, 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 new. So what are we going to talk about this week? We're going to talk about 2020 trends, real estate trends, life trends, things that are going on. I said not really life trends. We're going to talk about real estate trends. I'm going to kind of uh, tell you what's going on in the Houston market, things that you should be aware of. I'm also going to hopefully motivate you at the end to kind of get started on your goals. So, DJ, hit that new 2020 music, please. I know it's not new, but hit it anyway. Support for this program comes from the Digital Broadcasting Network, presenting podcasts and web series from everyday people who have an extraordinary passion to make the world a better place. Hey, welcome to The Real Estate of Life with Kevin Riles. This is your boy, Kevin Riles, and it is a new year, new decade, new you, new opportunities, new, 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 new. Um, and so I am uh, just wanting to thank all everyone for we are almost uh, at, uh, I think we're right past two years uh, uh, with the uh, podcast now. Mr. Producer just shook his head, so that, that means I'm right. Uh, we actually three, I'm sorry, three, okay, uh, 63. Uh, we're season three. Sorry. All right. So y'all get to see the. So I'm looking behind the camera and I'm doing all. See, the real estate of life still gives you the real deal as far as what's going on in the background and the, just the transparency. Um, so because we're at year three, when Mr. Producer walked in today, we're taping this from the worldwide headquarters of Kevin Riles Commercial, specializing in commercial real estate. Uh, and uh, I just I'm honestly I was thought I was out of topics. Uh, I. You know, what else can you talk about? And so I even talk, I went and got my hair cut today. I don't know if y'all can tell that. Boy looking fresh, you know, fresh to death. Uh, and so I was telling him, man, I don't know what to talk about. He said, well, why don't you just rehash a topic? And I was like, yeah, really? He said, well, you do this every day. You know, people still want the information, which is the same thing Mr. Producer always says. So I decided I was going to rehash the topic. Then when Mr. Producer walked in, why y'all like, why is he telling me all this? Um, I said, still don't, I don't know if I really want to do that. I'm, I'm still not. He said, well, why don't you talk about real estate trends for the year? Uh, and I said, ah, that's a good idea. Uh, so um, that's what I'm going to spend a couple of minutes talking about uh, today is uh, real estate uh, trends. And so for 2020, this, this, these are Kevin's real estate trends. I, I think if you go out and do research, I don't think I'll uh, be contradicting uh, too many uh, things. So the first uh, trend that I, I want to talk about is uh, that, uh, especially in, when I say real estate trends, I'm talking about real estate trends in the Houston, general Houston market. Uh, the first trend I want to talk about is that it is um, Houston is still a good investment property city. Houston is still a good investment property city, meaning that if you are a, an investor or want to be investor or starting out investor or have a couple of properties but want to continue buying, we still live in an awesome city to be able to do that. Why am I saying that? A couple of reasons. One, our cost of living comparative to other cities, other major cities, Houston is the fourth largest city and, and probably within the next 10 years will be the third largest city uh, in America. We still have people moving here. Uh, and so they need rental housing. Uh, there's been a concerted effort and statistics showed that uh, especially millennials are much more conscious renters than they are home purchasers, meaning that they're renting longer uh, than other generations. And so that's opportunity out there for owners. Uh, so that's one. Two, our rents still are relatively cheaper uh, to live here, which goes to cost of living than other uh, areas. Um, you know, I, someone asked me the other day, what are rents doing in Houston? And for C-class properties, uh, multifamily that's a little bit older, 
Um, most rents are plus or minus a dollar a square foot. And I can remember when they were kind of 60 cents a square foot. So plus or minus a dollar a square foot in certain areas inside the loop, you know, they're dollar fifty, dollar seventy five. And if it's a class stuff, then you're headed out to almost, you know, two dollars, if not more. And so um, rents are strong. The slight issue right now is just inventory. There's just not enough inventory for the number of renters. And that's at all levels. I, I will say that a class properties or newer properties have more inventory, but there's a sweet spot in the market, I think, for B and C properties. B properties being more than 10 years old by technical definition, but also condition. Uh, there's opportunity out there uh, if you can either produce B by developing it and, and building it, uh, or you can find B uh, as far as uh, places uh, that are, you know, that B and C uh, that are in that condition. There is a huge opportunity for that. Not everyone can afford an A-class apartment or um, uh, where, you know, you're $2 a square foot for 800 square feet. You're paying $1,600, $1,500. And so, um, for those of you out there, you know, that can either partner or, or have the uh, wherewithal, those uh, BNC opportunities, uh, I think, are still significant uh, if you can uh, find them. Um, the other thing I would say for those of you single family investors out there, um, I still think there's opportunity out there uh, as far as rentals are concerned. Uh, and the more you can get under your belt, if that's your uh, particular specialty, um, I think you have an existing opportunity out there because there are a significant amount of people that now are leasing uh, apartments that may still want to lease, but they want to be in their own place. And so that single family, three bedroom, two bath, two car garage opportunity is out there. So Houston is still uh, significantly better to invest from a multifamily standpoint. From a retail standpoint, I think, um, uh, some of the smaller neighborhood-based retail centers that say are the entry or uh, to neighborhoods, their larger neighborhoods are uh, are, are decent. I, I think that uh, having done a couple of tenant rep deals where I represented tenants last year, uh, that the more your retail center can ex can focus on experiences, for instance, have more food projects in them, uh, small restaurants, QSRs, things of that nature. Uh, those are the retail centers that I see doing better than uh, some of the other ones with, that have some other shops that are struggling to compete uh, with this online market. Um, so if you'll notice, most of the newer retail centers you see, uh, a lot of them are probably 50% full filled with some type of restaurant concept because that brings traffic, one. And then two, um, you know, uh, from a rental standpoint, typically restaurants are going to sign a 10-year lease uh, for the most part, especially if they're franchises. And so, because the build-out uh, is so expensive. And so that's the the the, uh, the retail market report as far as opportunities. As far as industrial is concerned, I did some industrial last year as well. That's a pretty strong market in the Houston area. You know, I, I say it's two reasons. One, obviously we're the worldwide headquarters for uh, oil and gas and uh, all things related to oil and gas. Uh, however, even with that uh, possibly, you know, slowing down this year, uh, the industrial market uh, um, is, to me, strong because of the secondary market factor, which is what I call the Amazon effect. So you have not only the large, huge distribution centers for Amazon, but you have all the folks that kind of feed into that life cycle, the small uh, players, um, uh, the uh, manufacturers that are manufacturing goods uh, or um, wholesaling goods to Amazon-like uh, things of that nature. And so uh, I think if, if someone asked me the other day, if I wasn't doing multifamily, 
uh, what type of uh, investment, if I was putting my money into something and it wasn't multifamily, what would I put it in? And actually industrial would be, light industrial specifically, uh, would be um, my second or 1A and 1B as far as multifamily is concerned. And so uh, I think there are opportunities out there. A lot of beginner investors you know, look at multifamily because everybody always needs a place to stay. And that, that will always be the case. Um, the reason I like industrial, light, light industrial, meaning not the huge warehouses, more so the 3,000, um, I'm sorry, the spaces are 3,000, but, you know, 20,000 square feet, 30,000 square feet industrial um, buildings that have multi-tenants multi in them. And the reason um, I like those is because typically those types of tenants, once they get in, they are like ticks. Uh, if they have heavy equipment, they don't want to move all that stuff. Um, although the rents are not sexy as far as price is concerned, they stay a long time. Uh, and then it's triple net uh, investing, triple net investing, meaning that um, they pay for everything. They reimburse uh, um, the seller for taxes, insurance, common area maintenance. And so the rents are truly a flow through to the uh, owner. So, um, And so once they get in, after they're situated, they just send you a check, uh, essentially. I mean, you do some property management, but uh, as far as anything going on inside the suite, it's their responsibility. And so uh, I just think having seen property management for you know, large apartment complexes and all that you have to do, deal with, I think that is uh, a great uh, opportunity out there uh, if you don't want to have to worry about management. And retail is the same way. So in all those areas... Uh, product types. Uh, I think there is uh, significant opportunity. If you are someone that you know wants to purchase and not needing to purchase for the kind of traditional reasons as far as tax write-offs and things of that nature, you know, don't sleep on land. Uh, if you can find a good deal on land and, and able to maintain the taxes over a period of time, uh, land investment. There are people that make really good money over the years in, in purchasing uh, in purchasing land. And so I think I hit all the uh, the, the product types. Office. You know, it, it office if it's a, um, a solid office base, uh, um, you know, as far as the tenants are concerned. But office always makes me a little bit nervous um, um, as far as investment is concerned, and that might just be the fact that that's just not my favorite property uh, uh, property type. Uh, so for the office people that listen to this, you know, don't take it offensively. It's just not my. I think that that is the first thing you start seeing. Uh, to, uh, that's affected by a um, recession or a slowdown in uh, in the market. So, um, so Houston is a great place to invest across those um, product types. Uh, I would say number two trends is I've seen that banks are willing to lend and they're being aggressive and trying to lend. Make, banks make money by um, lending money. They make money by lending money. And so I've seen an aggressiveness uh, in the last couple of years, especially last year, in banks looking for deals. So they're literally looking for deals. So if you're bankable or you're close to being bankable, I, I think um, that uh, you have a greater opportunity now in this market to find money to be able to get your deals funded. Uh, I still go back to, I think I did a podcast on this, um, that small community banks, uh, uh, small regional banks are to me a better bet than the larger banks. I'm not saying don't go to the larger banks. I'm saying that if you want to develop a relationship, uh, I think, you know, so everyone should have a business or a personal account, uh, at a small regional bank, um, that's you know maybe four or five branches or may, not more than 15 branches where you still have kind of old school underwriting where you can talk to the people that are making the decisions. And so um, money is available would be my number two 
uh, trend, uh, and it's more I think readily available uh, in this in this market. Uh, and so I guess the the third and, and final trend I would uh, say uh, is uh, that I, I've noticed because of those first two trends, there's a lot more competition for deals. There's a lot more competition for deals. So my warning to you, uh, understanding that trend is don't overpay and don't get so excited in this new year, new decade. I'm going to buy. You know, uh, real estate as an investment where you overpay and put yourself in a situation that if there's a drastic change in uh, the economy uh, that you're behind the eight ball. Uh, so how do you not overpay? Um, the way you not overpay is honestly, and I'm of course biased, work with a broker. Uh, whether you've identified a deal uh, yourself or the broker is helping you, work with a broker, an experienced broker that can provide you some, some um, assistance. And pay that broker, by the way. Uh, I just want to say, if you if you um, are in a situation where the broker comes in or you wanting broker help after you've identified a deal or after you're under contract, that's fine. Uh, but just realize that if you are asking someone for uh, assistance uh, and you want their assistance as far as data and, and statistics and things of that nature, that that person um, has that expertise, should be paid for it, and then also has access to that data. Someone the other day asked me how much do I pay a month for what they call the commercial MLS. And so first and foremost, I said, uh, there is no commercial MLS. Uh, there, there are varying amounts of sources to get commercial data. And I pay almost $3,500 a month for various databases. Just data. That's not, that's not rent for the worldwide headquarters of uh, Kevin Riles Commercial. That's just for data. And sometimes I use it and sometimes I don't. So when people call me and say, hey, can you run comps? Or, hey, what's the market doing this? Or what are rents and this and the other? I log on to one of those databases and I can tell them that. But, um, you know, I, 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 it, the reason I'm saying pay that broker is because I have situations where people are already in a deal and they, hey, you know, Kevin, I'm going to call Kevin and ask him, you know, what the lease rates are going over here. Uh, and they want that information for free. And so um, some people think that you should give it to them for free. Uh, and that's just not the way we work. So uh, I know that's a little bit of a tangent but on a trends uh, deal. But I think that's important to educate people that uh, the information that we have is not uh, free. So but in that competition for deals uh, and not overpaying, uh, using a broker, I think, is hugely important. Educating yourself about um, uh, the market um, is is hugely important. And when I say educating yourself, I'm not just talking about looking at um, uh, I'm not just talking about looking at uh, you know reports and things of that nature, but driving around, talking to folks, going to networking events, things of that nature. Educating your market uh, is 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 hugely, hugely, hugely important. So, my three trends. Houston is great to invest in across all property types, all property um, sub-markets. Um, uh, uh, sec- uh, or one other uh, thing is uh, that uh, money is readily available. Uh, and then finally, uh, there is a competition for deals. Those are three trends that I, I see in this particular market and I think it's important for you to understand. So what am I going to do uh, this year that's a little bit, hopefully, a little bit uh, interesting. I'm really going to try to concentrate on bringing you guys more content with interviews. Uh, I know that the podcast that I like to um, listen to are typically some level of an interview with folks. So I'm really trying to get content based on just different experts and, and content that you would like to listen to. 
So that's my goal for this podcast this year is to be a little bit more interview focused, even though I know y'all love hearing my voice and me looking in the camera with my smoldering eyes uh, uh, for those of you that watch it on on video. But uh, I want to try to see if I can do a little bit more uh, interviews and uh, just bring you the information that we've been bringing you uh, for quite some time. My other goal with this podcast is to kind of concentrate on some of those uh, life things, real estate of life things a tad bit more. Uh, I've noticed that uh, I typically uh, may not get as many downloads on those particular podcasts, but I definitely get uh, a lot more comments and people stopping me to say, hey, man, I listened to that podcast you had with you and your wife or that podcast you had with uh, you and Taft or um, myself and Tyron um, as well. We talked about real estate, but but life stuff as well. So um, that's my goal for this podcast in, in this uh, now third year of uh, producing it. And I just, again, want to thank you guys for uh, riding with me for all this time. Uh, and I've, I've gotten emails. I just got a call the other day from a guy. And I, in fact, I need to call him back today from North Carolina that has read my book and listens to my podcast. And he just wanted to meet me. So, you know, made me feel like a little quick superstar for about two seconds right there listening to that, uh, uh, listening to that uh, voicemail. So I appreciate your uh, support. I look for look forward to great things in 2020 uh, in this decade, in this year. Uh, and, and as I was telling Mr. Producer, we were talking about something before we started uh, in the tradition of the African American church. As I come to a close on this first podcast of the new decade, new year, um, I'm, I'm going to leave you with something that I, I told him. Stop thinking about it and do it. Stop thinking about it and do it. So if you've been saying, hey, I'm going to invest in real estate or I'm going to start learning about real estate, I'm going to read this book, I'm going to start learning this neighborhood so that when I do have money, stop thinking about it and do it. Right. Stop thinking about it. Do it. Make one step. Do do me a favor. Do one thing towards whatever that goal is as far as real estate or life is concerned. Uh, but stop overanalyzing and preparing for it and actually go out and do it. So that's what I leave you with. I hope that's your mantra for uh, this uh, 2020 year and also new decade. And I will see you guys next week. Hey, thanks for listening. As always, do you have questions about any of the topics I'm talking about? If you have questions, let me know. Email me at Kevin at KevinRiles.com. Again, that's Kevin at KevinRiles.com. I'm going to do a podcast just on the questions uh, that you guys are sending me. So feel free to send them to me. Again, that's Kevin at KevinRiles.com.